Well, glory be to God. Welcome to Kingdom Keys. I'm Apostle Max. And we've been teaching all things kingdom. In fact, we are raising a generation with kingdom revelation. And in this season, we've been teaching on prayer. And I know that your life has been changed and that God has been healing and delivering you and setting you free. We're loving the idea that uh, people are gaining understanding. Because Isaiah lets you know that my people perish because of what? Forgotten knowledge, rejected knowledge, and the lack of knowledge. And what, when you empower people, the best thing you can do for people is give them a book or give them understanding. In fact, it's in Job chapter 13 and verse 2. The way you break the inferiority complex of a person is by giving them knowledge. Job said this, what you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you. And that is the most powerful thing you can do for anybody is to give them understanding. In fact, the Bible lets you know that uh, Satan, he operates in a place of darkness and ignorance. And when you come into the kingdom of God and you're walking in the light of his word and God gives you revelation, my God, man, that is so beautiful because it brings you into your purpose. It brings you into the plan of God. It gets to see what others cannot see so you can go where others cannot go. We are grateful for the season, even as we begin to uh, deal with the tail end of the Our Father prayer. It is still so powerful and life-changing. Let us pray anyway and thank the Lord for all that he's done and all that he's about to do. Father, we love you and we thank you for the anointing to make the difference today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Today I want to deal with uh, the tailed end of your prayer. Now remember the sandwich we've been speaking about it. That is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then the end is, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. That's when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. Right in the center of that sandwich uh, is all your needs met. The kingdom of God, the purposes of God, the plan of God, the power of God, the progress, the prosperity, even the purity. When you need to, you know, repent for um, any kind of sin or mistake or missing the mark in any way, you then get to deal with all of that, your issues concerning the earth, from healing to breakthrough to answers to progress in the earth. That sits in the middle, but we're dealing now with towards some of the things towards the end of your prayer. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And I want to speak about the power today. I want to show you what it is and the importance of you and the gains you've made in the spirit that you now begin to hold on to the things that you've gained in the spirit. See that you do not lose the things that you've gained already. See to it. And that's what the scripture lets us know. Have a look at Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. It says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. So when you begin to understand this power that now you are operating in, it is you are authorized by God, you're the authority in the earth, but you do have his power now available to you. And when that power comes, for you as a child of God, I want you to know that you can increase in that. It's called the anointing. 
And Isaiah lets you know it is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. And so the anointing is uh, the only way, the only thing uh, that the enemy has no answer for. He's got no answer for the anointing. And that's why Jesus could teach his disciples to pray with this and to make gains in the spirit and to understand what it is to pray because they saw victory wherever he went. They saw, you know, the dead being raised and uh, fish and bread being multiplied and miracles taking place and burdens removed and demonic systems bowing. Why? Only because there was a power available. And Jesus gave them the secret to the power. It came because of prayer. And they saw it. So no prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Men ought always to pray. And what we're looking at on the right hand side, now remember, let's pick up the Our Father grid we've been teaching. And you can see it's divided into three. The Our Father who art in heaven, be thy name. That's the relationship. We dealt with that. You are the righteousness of God. Right in the center, the rules of engagement of anything that you have to deal with in the earth. To see the power of God in your life. To see the purposes and the plan of God unfold. To deal with relationships. To deal with anything that is around your temptation or whatever you've been tempted with. So that you can develop and become what God has called you to be. Those are rules of engagement. But the final column is called results. Everybody say results. You need to know that. It's the results column. Now, in that column, it's letting you know where the power lies. God's got all the power, but you need to pray. And even though you are authorized, when you begin to use this power, it's called the anointing. It's the power of God that's upon your life. So everyone born into the body of Christ is anointed. But why is it that so few people are functioning out of that power? Because the kingdom does not only come in word, it comes with power. Corinthians lets you know that. So when you now begin to function in this power through your prayer life and you're developing in the things of the kingdom. So um, Christ is not Jesus' surname, but the identification summarizing his life. To summarize his life, to, to see who he was. Christ is not his surname. It is that anointing. He's the anointed one and the anointing that was on him that could lift burdens from humanity, that could remove yokes, that could uh, cause the enemy to flee wherever he was. And that's how you and I have been called to operate. And I want to show you today that you need to preserve and you need to protect the gains you've got in the spirit. The word Christian was actually the world making a mockery of those following the way of Jesus. And so when you speak about the anointing, they, they, the, the early Christians were mocked with this anointing. They were, that's how you knew they were different. And this is how the world should know that you are different is because you're functioning with the power of God. You are not ordinary anymore. My God, I feel the anointing as I begin to speak in this place. Because to anoint means to, it describes the procedure of rubbing or smearing a person or thing, usually with oil, for the purpose of healing, setting apart, or embalming. That's the anointing. It's that when you're spending time in the presence of God, you get the smearing on. You, when you hang out with anointed people, it, it rubs off on you. 
When the more you spend time in the word, the more you spend time in his presence, the more you begin to pray, you'll find that you'll increase in this anointing, this power. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Luke 11, 1 says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place that when he had ceased, one of, the, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples also to pray. So I want you to see this anointing. This is the thing that you must treasure. I let the church know I'm not a motivational speaker. You need to do whatever it takes to protect the anointing. If you're in any, in any church, if you're in any house, uh, when you're dealing with a man of God, when you're dealing with the altar, when you're dealing with anything concerning the kingdom of God, there's no answer that the enemy's got for the anointing. And your job in a church as a Christian, as a Christian, a Christian, is to protect that anointing upon your life. And in a house of God, your number one role, if you're serving any man or woman of God, is to protect the anointing of God upon their lives. Because without the anointing, no lives are changed. No yokes are broken. No burdens are removed. People stay in their chains. And the more you flow with this anointing, the more you increase in the power of the kingdom of God, you need to protect it. You need to preserve it. You've made gains in the spirit. Success is not an accident. It must be created. And when it's created, it must be protected. So you need to know that uh, it means when we, there's, there's two kinds of anointing. One is for service and two is for everyday use. Please, you need to type that out. You need to think about what I'm saying. One is for service and then there is an anointing for everyday use. So when you come into the house of God, so often people that are even maybe not uh, sometimes even not born again, or sometimes baby Christians, or maybe that um, they don't even fully understand the scriptures. They walk into a house and they begin to serve, and, and so often they are operating on the anointing that's in the house. They haven't worked for it. They haven't paid a price for it. because. But God, for the sake of use, Someone comes into the house of God and, and needs a breakthrough and been crying out to God. God will anoint the singers. God will anoint things and, and do things because somebody in the service needs help and they need burdens removed. So God will do it. Um, we knew, knew even about, you know, a drunk man that, 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 um, you know, he'd, he'd get drunk. But in the evening when he comes to, to, to preach, the power of God would flow. Because, I mean, that doesn't last forever, but I'm letting you know that it is possible. Because there is a kind of anointing that will come upon people that is, is really free in many ways. But God's doing it not for the person, but for the people that need help. It's called the anointing for service. You'll find that that's how God functioned. Even with Saul, you'll find that he turned into another man. Not because he was such a great leader. Not because he served God. Not that he was a man after God's own heart. It is that God did it because the people wanted a king. And so God anoints Saul uh, because, um, and he turns into another man for the sake of use. But then there is something else that you've been developing in, in your prayer life. It's called, the um, there's an anointing for everyday use. That's the one that's got nothing to do with people on the outside, but everything to do with you on the inside. Oh my God. And so Jesus lets you know in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. There you go. You need to protect that anointing of God upon your life with everything, with everything, who you hang out with, 
where you go to. It affects the anointing of God upon your life. Please, you need to remember this. Every person you come in contact with, I say every person you come in contact with, comes with a spirit. Jesus wasn't afraid of the prostitute and anybody else out there. But I'm letting you know that in this kingdom, the anointing of God, the greater one is on the inside of you. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, that's an important statement. Because if he anointed Jesus of Nazareth, he can anoint Maxwell from Randburg. Come on, put your name in there. He can anoint Tino from that's important because it wasn't Jesus of heaven. It was Jesus of Nazareth from the location because that was for everyday use. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. But that came because of a relationship and a development that God continued to put an anointing upon him for everyday use. And so when you come into the kingdom of God, um, uh, Satan would always want you to bypass the process. He offers Jesus. He says, you don't have to go through the cross. You don't have to go through the process. You don't have to go through all the pain because I can give you stuff. But what Jesus said, no, I'm going to go through the process because it's in the process that the anointing increases. That's very important because Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane by himself with no one, with everyone sleeping around him. But his personal prayer life takes him through the Garden of Gethsemane. And I want to teach on the anointing and show you the importance for you having an anointing is for your private life. That's not the one that you see on a Sunday morning. That's the anointing that you have every single day when everybody else is sleeping. It's not the anointing for the public, for public use. God wants to use you there. But I'm talking about when you're praying, it's about your pr private prayer life before you and God. So um, let's deal with the anointing and deal with uh, the Old Testament a little bit to give you an understanding about how this anointing comes. And so um, it, it's in the Old Testament, it describes how oil was used in the practice of anointing to consecrate God's people for ministry and his vessels for worship. It refers to the anointing as the physical act of pouring oil over someone's head that indicated God's choice of them for a very special function or office in Israel, such as kings, priests, and prophets. With the physical and ceremonial act of anointing done according to God's will upon those, only those chosen by God, when the special endowment of the spirit or in divine enablement to carry out the functions of the office for which they were um, anointed. So it lets you know um, in, in the scriptures, everything the oil was applied to, whether it be the, to the vessels, the instruments or the priesthood, was only to be applied to that which was holy, set aside and consecrated for service. So, when God begins to anoint you for service, let's think of some of the people that God would special anointing upon Old Testament. The anointing of David is the anointing to rule. David was anointed as king over Israel. He was a man after God's own heart. And so, all believers need to operate successfully in the David-type anointing because God has made his people kings and priests unto God who shall reign on the earth. It's a supernatural endowment. It's God's ability coming upon your ability to do what you could not do in the natural. And that's why you need to pursue this 
and you need to protect this. And it causes you to, to rule and reign in this life. It gives you a superior life. If you think about Samson, he was anointed to destroy the enemy. When you think about Gideon, he was anointed to destroy poverty. When you think about the, the anointing of Elisha, he was anointed for signs and wonders. When the, anoint, the anointing of Elijah, he was anointed to witness. And so God would anoint his people. And I want to just show you what this anointing was made up of. It was made up of. And so Exodus chapter 30, verse 20 to 24, lets you know the anointing oil uh, that had to be mixed with certain ingredients. How do I get this anointing? How do I begin to function? I mean, you're praying, but I want you to know that there is something deeper we need to go in because I want you to protect what God has done for you now in the season. The anointing oil consists of four principal ingredients mixed with olive oil, which was the fifth component. Please read Exodus chapter 30, verse 22 to 24. So God instructed Moses to use the best spices as ingredients of the anointing oil. Now listen to me, please. The anointing is costly. They were valuable ingredients. They were costly and they were rare. They were not common or cheap. That tells you that the anointing is not for free. It tells you that you need to pursue this anointing, this power of the kingdom, and you need to make sure that you are preserving it and protecting it because it does not come cheap. I don't know how people think that this anointing, you know, salvation is free, but it never came cheap. It came with a price. And when somebody wants to walk with this power in the kingdom and when they pray and get results, that never came cheap. So 500 shekels of pure myrrh, 250 shekels of sweet cinnamon, 250 shekels of sweet calamus, 500 shekels of cassia. These were compounded together and then combined with the fifth component, a yin, a yin of olive oil. These elements were carefully chosen because of the unique quality, fragrance and aroma. There is something that makes up the anointing that this revelation gives you why you pray and why you need to stay prayerful and why you need to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the forces of life. Learning how to pray and protecting your prayer life is going to be everything in these end times. It's going to be everything to understand how to pray and to preserve your prayer life. Number one was myrrh. Myrrh is the first spice and represents bitter things. Now I'm letting you know how the anointing is made up. The anointing, the Holy Spirit is, is the oil represents the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit comes onto the scene and the power of God manifests in a stronger way with the people that have these ingredients and understand what has happened. So the first spice is, the, is myrrh. Myrrh is the first spice and represents bitter things, my God. I'm going to go through the detail. It's all the sufferings of the cross of Jesus. Um, so it's a pale yellow gummy substance or liquid from a small thorny shrub which grows in Somalia, Ethiopia, and Arabia. It's used for spices and ointment. So when you're going through your bitter seasons, it is, it's the makeup of the anointing of God upon your life. It's fragrant at the smell and bitter to the taste. 
I know that you love God and I know that you've been, you, you've been going through different seasons and there's bitter things that we go through, the things that we just want to walk away from, the things that we like, God, I, I thought I'm serving you and you know your bitter issues, the things that you have to go through. But I'm letting you know that even in that bitterness and in that struggle, in that fight, whether you are Hannah that's been going through season after season, not seeing the results and others are getting their breakthrough, but you haven't got yours yet and you're going through these bitter experiences and sometimes it's death and sometimes it's it's destruction around you and sometimes it's things that you never called for and it's not even things that you it was your decision but you were having to go through these bitter experiences like they went when they came out of Egypt and the waters were bitter and they the waters the bitter waters made sweet because the 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 tree was thrown into the water it's when God begins to make those bitter waters sweet please hear me we know that there are challenges on many levels for different people and there's bitter experiences of husbands leaving and broken families and different challenges and things that we never even call for but it's part of the anointing that when God would he never send the bitterness but I'm letting you know that he's going to use it he's going to use it to make up the anointing of God upon your life listen to Romans chapter 8 verse 18 18 for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us so what sufferings you go through, the challenges you go through, it's part of the anointing. If you can stick with God and not jump and go from to another church and, and get out of your trouble and try to just get out all the time. But you would stay faithful to God and stay in the place and deal with whatever bitter situation you're dealing with. That's the first one. That's the myrrh experience that we all have to go through. Number two is sweet cinnamon. Sweet cinnamon represents the sweet things. It's the places when you are willing and obedient. Listen to Isaiah. 1 in verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. For if you, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. So there is something that gives God a sweet smelling sacrifice in the midst of you not seeing a breakthrough and you still remain willing and you still remain obedient. There's times when you don't see it, but you're still obeying God. I'm letting you know that you're still and you're still worshiping and you're still praying in the midst of waiting for you, the, the breakthrough and you're still staying in the place and serving God. That becomes a sweet smelling aroma before the nostrils of God. It is called your obedience. It is the sweet things that comes from somebody, even though they're going through a bitter season, they don't become bitter. Even though they're going through a wilderness, they don't become dry. They begin to still worship the Lord and stay in a place of service. That becomes something precious to the Lord. It's your sweet cinnamon. Let's get into the next one. The third one was sweet calamus. Sweet calamus represents divine order. It means it represents brokenness. And so that in the brokenness, when, when God breaks you and blesses you, you know that when you are dealing with moments when people, a Judas has, has betrayed you and you're dealing with the brokenness. The Bible says in the night when Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread and he gave thanks. Because in those moments, how you respond in the kingdom of God has got everything to do with your breakthrough and the anointing that increases upon your life. Number four is cassia. It speaks about humility. It's, it stays in a place where you bow down and the kingdom is still your priority. And even though it doesn't look like it's working out, 
But you know that in the center of God's will, you know, there's something to praise God on the mountaintop. There's something else in a valley when you're going through a valley season and you stay in a place of humility and you say, God, have your will and have your way. Even in your mistake or someone else's mistake, David knew how to bow in a time when God disciplined him. He wouldn't move from the place that God has got for him. And of course, then the anointing oil, the olive oil, represents the Holy Spirit and the oil that in your time of pressing, here comes a fresh anointing in you still pressing in and the Holy Spirit begins to work inside of you because um, uh, where there was an anointing oil in the Old Testament, it is now the working of the Spirit of God inside of every single believer. But it does not mean that you exclude the brokenness, the humility, the worship in times of trouble, your brokenness and all your bitter experiences. God still takes all of those to create the anointing on someone's life that no matter what you go through, please hear me when I say this to you. The anointing does not come cheap. Let me give it to you one more time. You're going to write out these five things. The, the team on the ground will help you put this out. Number one is, my, is the thorny bush, is your trouble, and you're still praying through trouble. Number two is sweet cinnamon. It's using the grace of God that's upon your life. For the ra There's a race that is before you that even though you are going through trouble, you still stay in your lane. You still stay with God. You still use the grace. You're using the grace that God put upon you. Number three, scalamus, is when you're still bringing order into your life in the midst of things not working out because the kingdom is your priority. Number four is cassia. That's the humility. And number five, of course, is the oil, is that it's in, it, it, it flows. Oil flows in your pressing seasons. The garden of Gethsemane, in the crushing, when you've been going through challenges, it's increasing the anointing. Don't get up from that place of Gethsemane. Don't get up and try to get rid of that. What's God doing? God's increasing the anointing upon your life so that you can begin to walk in a greater power in the kingdom of God. I say it again, not everybody's hallelujah is the same. Because people don't understand when, that when the anointing has come, people have paid a high price for the anointing. And people, you know, you, when you find them, keep pressing into the kingdom of God, putting their hands to the plow and never looking back is because the anointing increases through use. Because I would get up there sometimes on a Sunday morning and preach, even though I'm broken and even though there's challenges in my family, my children, things aren't yet in order the way they should be. But I'm going to get up one more time and say, Father, I'm going to depend upon the anointing. I'm going to depend upon your grace. And I get up and I preach one more time and I give an encouraged word for someone else. And God would use me to bless someone else because the anointing of God upon my life is strengthening them. Yet in my brokenness, I'm struggling. I don't have money. I served in a connect group and they took all the, the soup even, even after a soup evening. And yet we had no food and I told nobody because I was leaning upon God and God was bringing an increase in my anointing in those seasons. Do you hear? As a child of God, you don't back down. You don't walk away from that because in your pressing seasons, God is using those moments to make sure that you operate in power. The thing that the enemy cannot touch well, he can if you allow him to, if you open up a door. 
But I'm letting you know that as rust is to steal, so is the anointing to any problem you're ever facing. It, facing, it will diminish it. It will make sure it turns into dust. That's the power that you must hold on to. That's what you must protect and preserve. Do everything. Guard your eyes and your ears and where you go to. And now that you're praying and now that you're functioning with this anointing, you make gains in the spirit and the anointing of God is increasing upon your life. Do not be deceived. The anointing does not come cheap. Don't let the world mock your prayers and your time spent in the presence of God. The thing that they're after, what the enemy is after, is that anointing. He offered that to Jesus. He says, you don't need to go through the, the, the process and the pressing and the crushing. You don't have to go through that to get your stuff. I can give it to you. I can give it to whomever I wish. Jesus says, no. If you give me the stuff, you can take it away from me. But if I build my life by the anointing and I speak life and I pray and I build a prayer life, I can get my stuff outside of your system and I get to keep it. And in fact, I get to pass it down wherever I go. Glory be to God. Please hear this today as we end. The anointing is what separates us. Do not believe the lie. That the anointing comes cheap. When you've seen someone who's got a track record, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, and they functioned out of that anointing all their lives. Those old grannies that sit and pray all the time, my God, there's an anointing. I enjoy them, their prayers, and I'm grateful for them that all they do, do they get up in the morning only to pray. And those are the people with the greatest rewards. Do not let the enemy lie to you that time spent in the presence of God is wasted. It's time gained. I bless you today. You will increase in the anointing. The power of God will be seen upon your life. Wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you put your hands to, it will be accomplished by the power and the anointing that's upon your life. And that's what makes you dangerous. I'm Apostle Max. This is Kingdom Keys. We're raising a generation with Kingdom Revelation. God bless you. Until next time. Hold on to that anointing.